Jesus wasn't moved at all by her request and simply ignored her. But she was persistent and kept asking for mercy. The disciples got tired of her begging and wanted to throw her out. But all she could think of was her daughter's condition and it didn't matter what they said or did. In fact, their rejection only made her more determined to receive what she came for, relief for her daughter. She was the kind of mother who would go through whatever she had to go through to get relief for her child's suffering. As the disciples spoke against her, Jesus turned, looked at her, and basically said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now, here's more repurposed content from my computer. Thank you for joining us. I'm really glad to have our three daughters on this Bible study. The first mother of our study is actually the first mother of the universe. She's none other than Eve. This story is found in Genesis 4, 1 through 16. For the sake of time, I'm only going to read verses 1 and 2. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And again, she bare his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In these two verses, Eve has become a mother and her two sons have become men with jobs. So a lot of time has passed between verses one and the end of verse two. Cain was a gardener. He produced fruit and vegetables, and Abel was a shepherd. He took care of sheep. As you continue reading this story, you'll find that over the course of time, both sons had a relationship with God. So both gave offerings to the Lord. Cain gave the Lord some of his produce, and Abel gave the Lord the first of his flock and the best portions of meat. The Lord accepted Abel's offering, but rejected Cain's. And Cain was very angry. One day, Cain and Abel were in a field and Cain killed Abel. Yes, this is the story of Cain and Abel that you may have heard many times. Although when we look at this story, the focus is seldom on Eve. Have you ever thought about Eve? And what she went through when her oldest son killed his younger brother. That must have been a day of hell and torment for Eve. She was the mother of both men, the deceased and the murderer. Eve was in agony. The sons she birthed and held and loved were gone. 
I'm sure Eve's mind went back to the day she decided to disobey God and eat the forbidden fruit. Eve expected to die one day, just like God said she would. But she never expected to experience the pain and heartache that she felt when her son died. She never thought she would outlive her baby boy. And she never expected that his life would be taken by his brother. Eve was human, just like we are. And I'm sure she blamed herself. If only she hadn't listened to that snake. None of this would have ever happened and her son would still be alive. Eve was a mother who lost two sons, one to death and the other to banishment, which is similar to life imprisonment today. We pray God's mercy on those mothers who have lost children to death and incarceration. I never thought about Eve when I when I've heard that story. I always thought about Cain and Abel and how his blood cried from the ground and Mm -hmm. how Cain was sent away. Um, Never once did I think about how Eve felt or Mm -hmm. what she was going through. But when you put it like that, you shed light on her. It's, it really shifts my focus. It's kind of like, wow, she had it rough. She went through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leah is the next mother of our study. Leah is a woman who never felt special. She was just plain and ordinary. Some even considered her unattractive. Leah married a man named Jacob who really didn't love her. He was actually in love with her sister, Rachel. It's a very long story. And today we're just going to focus on Leah. Although Jacob didn't love Leah, He continued to perform his husbandly duties with her. Leah was very fertile, and she often became pregnant after their encounters. She really wanted Jacob to love her, and she thought having his children would earn his love and respect. Leah gave Jacob six sons. Their first son was named Reuben, which means see a son. It's like Leah was saying, see Jacob? I gave you a son. Don't you love me now? Their second son was named Simeon, which means God heard. It's like Leah found solace in the fact that God heard she was unloved and gave her another son. Leah's third son was named Levi, which means attached. Leah thought three was the charm. And this time, Jacob would certainly be attached to her because she had given him three sons. Leah named her fourth son Judah. This time she turned her attention from her husband and herself to focus on God and said with resolve, now I will praise the Lord. And the name Judah means praise. Leah stopped having children for a while and like Sarah, She gave her servant to her husband to be a surrogate mother for her. Leah's servant had two more sons for Jacob. And then Leah became pregnant again and had a fifth son she named Issachar. Issachar means reward. Leah thought God had rewarded her 
for giving Jacob to her servant. Leah's sixth son was named Zebulon, which means honor. And Leah thought, this time for sure, my husband will honor me. Leah then had a daughter and named her Dinah, whose name means justice. And she stopped having children. Leah was an unloved mother who poured her love into her children. The names of Leah's children had significant meanings. With each name, you could hear Leah's hope for love and her heartache of rejection. She was looking for love and acceptance from her husband, which she never really got. She was never the love of Jacob's life, and she was never, ever his first choice. Although Leah was not a single mother, she was almost treated like one. She was not loved by her man. He did not live in her tent, but he paid her a visit from time to time. And though she birthed seven children for him, he loved his other children more. Leah had six boys and one girl. And I believe Leah poured all of her love into her children. Even though she was not pretty, never felt special, and never loved by her husband, I believe Leah made sure her children felt loved and special. I salute all the single mothers and those mothers who feel unloved by their mates. Yeah, um, just listening to this story, and it's funny how when you break it down, um, how I start to view it differently. I've heard this story so many times throughout the years, and when you just read read it there, um, all I could think about was single mothers nowadays, how they keep giving men children, thinking, look, here, I'm having your baby. Maybe this will make him stay. Maybe this will make him love me. Mm-hmm. And and it never works. He never never loves you anymore or or values you anymore. I mean, he just mm-hmm. he'll come over every now and again mm-hmm. to give you another baby and yeah. then go on off mm-hmm. to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um so this story just really it was like a wow moment. Like, oh my gosh. I never really thought about Leah either, like how she must have felt, like just constantly giving of herself, pouring herself out for people, whether it be her children or trying to please her husband and just never feeling fulfilled, you know, and then, you know, just never feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this was a, a eye opening mm-hmm. moment right here for me. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting. All mm-hmm. of these stories are right there in the Bible. We've read them for years. Yeah. Read them over and over and over again. And it's until not until you start picking apart the characters and start thinking like a woman mm-hmm. that you realize Leah went through a lot of turmoil. Yeah. Her life was rough. And I've always thought about her sister. Yes. In this story. Yes. like. Well, her sister was the one who, you know, he really wanted. So, you know, and and my focus has just always kind of went to her sister and never to what she must have gone through and then, you know, emotions she was feeling, rejection she felt. I mean, yes, her whole life that had to been horrible. It had to to be to deal with your whole entire life. Mm -hmm. 
The mother who will complete our study today is nameless. Her story is found two places in the New Testament. The book of Mark chapter 7 verses 24 through 30 and Matthew 15 21 through 28. Looking at Mark chapter 7, this woman came to Jesus when he was apparently tired and looking for a place to rest because verse 24 said he entered a house and didn't want anyone to know he was there. In verse 17 of this chapter, Jesus entered a house to get away from the crowd. So it seems Jesus, being human, was just looking for some peace and quiet. When this woman heard that Jesus was nearby, she boldly went to see him. She knew the odds were stacked against her. She was a woman and a Canaanite woman at that. And Jesus was a Jew. The Jews were God's holy and chosen people. And they called the Canaanites unclean and unholy. So this woman knew that there was no love between their races. But she went anyway. When she came to Jesus, he was tired and really didn't want to be disturbed. This may explain why he said absolutely nothing when she asked for his mercy because her daughter was possessed by a demon. Jesus wasn't moved at all by her request and simply ignored her. But she was persistent and kept asking for mercy. The disciples got tired of her begging and wanted to throw her out. But all she could think of was her daughter's condition and it didn't matter what they said or did. In fact, their rejection only made her more determined to receive what she came for. Relief for her daughter. She was the kind of mother who would go through whatever she had to go through to get relief for her child's suffering. As the disciples spoke against her, Jesus turned, looked at her, and basically said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. She heard his response, and her heart was broken. So she threw herself at his feet, begging and crying and said, Lord, help me. It was a pitiful sight. This desperate woman with no sense of pride, throwing herself at the feet of Jesus. But in her brokenness, she worshipped him. Jesus, being God, knew her heart and he could hear what she didn't say with her mouth. In her heart, she realized Jesus was the only one who could help. The conversation continues and Jesus said, it's not right to give the children's bread to dogs. The children, meaning the Jews and dogs, meaning Canaanites or this woman. She wasn't offended that a Jew called her a dog. No doubt she had been called a dog before. She was swift with her answer and humbly said, that's true, Lord, but the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus perked up and he said, you are a woman of great faith. 
and you got what you came for. Matthew says her daughter was healed that very hour. Mark says when she got home, the devil was gone and her daughter was lying peacefully in bed. This is a mother like many of us mothers today. We do what we have to do to take care of our children. No sacrifice is too great, not even our pride, our dignity, or our honor. What do you all think of this woman? What about oh, yeah. being called a dog? It was maybe a he was testing her by calling her a dog just to see her response, to see if she would just pick up and leave, see if she would get upset, or if she would really stay and get what she needed. Maybe he was. That's how he was testing her faith. Maybe. Because he certainly knew she had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she called a woman of great faith? She was called a woman of great faith. I think that speaks volumes for women in general. Women, we tend to sacrifice ourselves, you know, especially for our children, for our families. We will do whatever we have to do. Um, sometimes it, a situation will cause you to have to humble yourself. You know, in today's time, maybe you have to humble yourself and ask somebody for something. Like, look, I'm, I'm sorry, but... I'm, I don't have any food for my, my baby, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, but I need you have maybe a couple dollars for gas so I can get my child from school or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, um, women we will do it. I, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a woman, a mother's love. I mean, you'll do whatever you have to do for your baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, and in her case, her child was possessed and she didn't mm-hmm. care. She could have been called whatever. Jesus could have. He could have said anything worse than a dog. And mm-hmm. she, I think that that word probably went through one ear, not the other. Because mm-hmm. she's heard it before. She's like, uh, yeah, but the dogs eat the crumbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, can I have a crumb? Mm-hmm. Like, I exactly. just I need something yes. for my baby, you yes. know. So yes. um, mm-hmm. I think that just mm. that's just women. Mm-hmm. Our hearts are for mm-hmm. our, our children. There's just... Mm. So they have something, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll do whatever we have to do for them. That's, that's really good. She says, yes, but even dogs eat the crumbs. Mm-hmm. So she was actually saying, even a crumb, Lord, even if yeah. you give me a crumb, a crumb is enough to heal my baby. Yeah. Give me a crumb. Yeah. You're the master. Give me a crumb. I just need a crumb for my baby. Mm-hmm. And Jesus saw her faith yeah. from a crumb. She mm-hmm. said a crumb is enough from you. You got a crumb. Can I have a crumb? Can I get a crumb for my baby? And he said, your faith is great. Ladies, I truly thank you for joining me. It's a very special gift. And I really appreciate each one of you. And I love you very much. Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season. Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over and I cannot put it down. I have recommended to my sisters. I recommend to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there is a book that talks about the women of the Bible. All right. And also it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. 
You've got to get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com. Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsome.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.